Members of the Chamber podcast is brought to you by Piper Foods and fueled by McCafe. If you're listening on your way to work, we encourage you to stop by any of the six Piper Foods McDonald's locations here in Oakville or look them up on any McDelivery service. We thank Piper Foods for their generous support of our chamber and for everything they do in the community. The following podcast is an Oakville Chamber production. Learn the industry, grow your network, and connect to the community with the members of the Chamber podcast, a weekly series where we sit down with esteemed business people making major moves here in Oakville. I'm your host, Rachel Liang, and this is Members of the Chamber. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Members of the Chamber Season 4. This season, we are shaking things up with a brand new topic every week and expert guests to accompany them. On this episode, we're talking all things cybersecurity. Joe Apps from Joe Apps Technology Support is here to break down what cybersecurity is and what parts of your business it affects, how to enhance it on your own, and what to expect if you outsource, key red flags to look for, and the latest cyber attack trends. So if you haven't already, go initiate your software updates, and then let's get into it. All right, Joe, thank you so much for joining us today on the Members of the Chamber podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I look forward to this opportunity. Can't wait to talk about cybersecurity services. Now, to get started, can you tell us a bit about yourself and your business, Joe Apps? Yeah, of course I can. So my name's Joseph Joe Apps. I started Joe Apps Technology Support about seven and a half years ago. Where that really came from was I had a small business, Downtown Hamilton, reselling refurbished electronics. This was about eight and a half to ten years ago. We were selling the refurbished electronics downtown to all the kind of people that needed different technology needs. They needed refurbished, they needed new, and they needed all kinds of other stuff. What I really found when I was there was a need for businesses. Business kept bringing in computers, they kept having issues, they kept needed people to go over to their sites and we just didn't offer that at that location so what I did is I finished school at Mohawk while I did my store and once I was done that I really tackled this need for small businesses and cybersecurity. so I sold off my business to my business partner and went full-fledged forward into the cybersecurity world and helping businesses and we haven't looked back since now we're up to a team of 12 people hopefully wow. 18 by the end of the summer as we've had some rapid good growth which we're really excited to Amazing. but it allows us to expand our needs and the needs of our community because cyber's grabbed every part of every aspect of almost every business now. Exactly. That's incredible. Congratulations on that growth. Thank you. And what did you study at Mohawk? I studied advanced computer systems development. So I actually started with what my last name was and designing apps and stuff right. like that, which there's a huge need for in the market. I just always enjoyed the more personable side of business. So I really saw the need for customer support and that kind of service versus jumping in apps and kind of being alone on a computer with a small team making that app. So we still do have apps and we still do that in-house, but we do do a lot more of the help desk support and cybersecurity services now. Nice. Awesome. Now, starting with a kind of general question about cybersecurity, what is cybersecurity? What is that? What does that mean? And I think that's the buzzword we're all hearing. And I yeah. think people care about it more than ever because they're seeing it happen to them, their family, their friends, or other people. Cybersecurity is any damage where there's something done to you in a cyber way. So either that's, you know, could be stealing money, could be stealing your accounts, your credentials. Any crime that's done online is considered cybersecurity. So it's a new way to think of crime in a digital aspect of it. So this could be phishing, whaling, spear phishing, ransomware, many of these actual businesses that have grown out of the need for cyber connectivity. Now, as you were listing those off, why is there such a trend of 
like the fishing terms, fishing, whaling, where did that come from? So all of that came from catching, right? So catch and release. You go to catch a fish with the worm, you're putting a little piece of bait on it and you're dangling in front of. So that's what they're doing when they're fishing you is they're really putting a little piece of bait. So maybe that's, I need this money really fast. I need a credit card number. I need payments issued. Your password's going to expire today, right? So they're dangling that little piece of bait over you. They're doing a sense of urgency. So you're going to grab that lure or that hook and really take it to the next level. Now, where the variations of that word come from is whaling's kind of, you know, the big company whales is what they want. So they're going after the CEO or the people with the real decision power. Um, They're like an account controller is a great person to get because they control all the money, might not be able to talk to the CEO all the time. And they're really looking for disconnects inside of the organizations and people who don't have approval processes or those kind of situations in place because you can just bypass the money, send the check, and they're good to go. They can insert themselves into an email chain and they're rock and rolling with your information. So it's all a variation of being kind of caught in a scam, and that's where that word phishing, spear phishing, and whaling all come from. Okay, that's super interesting. Yeah, it's cool, and it, yeah. <laughs> it makes it kind of relatable to people too as well, which is nice right. because... The hardest thing is the social engineering part of cybersecurity, right? They're getting really good, especially with AI, um, you know, new voice recording that they can do to actually, you know, call your parents or call your grandparents and pretend they are you to get money out of them, right? Only for your grandparents to see you three days later and you haven't been in a car crash or something like that, right? So there's all these kind of new great technologies that are making it even scarier. Yeah, that's crazy. Now, does cybersecurity affect every digital aspect of our business, like we've all seen those, the crazy emails and the phone calls, but does it impact like our share drive, our website, our social medias, everything digital? So it, it does now, and this is the biggest problem. As COVID advanced kind of the digital infrastructure and sending everyone to the cloud, it was a quick rush to the cloud. So things didn't get thought out like security plans to recover from it, maybe the backup of systems or looking at kind of the whole IT infrastructure from the top down. So we're finding a lot of organizations have moved to the cloud. Now they're coming back to look at cybersecurity. What are the holes? What's happening here? What do we have wrong? So it does affect every single thing because for instance, your website, right? Most websites are made on WordPress or Squarespace or these other applications, which are fantastic. They allow you to be a web developer now, but they use all these plugins to do so. If you're not updating your website, if you're not taking care of it, you can find your websites now turned into a redirect page to a crazy website that you don't want your customers going to or a place that kids shouldn't be going to or any of those bad image damaging kind of things, right? So that's what we're seeing a lot in the website kind of portion for the file system everybody has kind of taken their file, not everybody, most businesses have taken their file systems from an in-house server or kind of a Dropbox or cloud base. And now they're running their own server system, which is in the cloud, which is fantastic, but it's the security because if you can access that data anywhere, how does it stop someone else accessing that data anywhere if they have your password? So there's kind of a bunch of different things that you can take to fix that, but that's what we're seeing right now in the industry is a lot of cybersecurity touching every aspect, even to, you know, ring doorbells on the house and those being hacked right to your smart speakers now playing something randomly or your coffee machine now dispensing because someone's hacked into it as a fun joke right so every part of it if it connects to the internet it can be intercepted is what we like to say 
Right. That's so crazy to think. Uh, that's happened to me, actually. My Spotify account got hacked. Those are a it, big one. Fun yeah, it started randomly playing songs. And at first <laughs> yeah. I thought it was just like a glitch. But then all of a sudden I was kicked out and it was like, oh my gosh, I got hacked. I'm not playing this music on the other side of the world. What's yeah, going on? So exactly. Spotify seems to be a big one, I believe, because they were a music channel. They didn't have a lot of like account management and stuff. And that's the right. kind of big thing that we're seeing now, too. Like in Europe and Asia and all of those, they have good data protection policies. So Europe is called the GDPR, right? So they protect your data a lot more than they're doing with companies in North America, right? So that's a big push we're seeing with North American companies and all these fights you see with Facebook and Congress or, you know, our government or all kinds of different parts like that is them not wanting to give up the control. And that's where all these bills come in that are making it more difficult to have that freedom of internet that people so want, right? Right. Now, for companies that have an IT person that's kind of helped them get set up, how do they know if that IT person has implemented any cybersecurity measures? So that's the biggest thing. You don't know until it's too late most of the time. So what we recommend business to do, even with internal IT, is always do a penetration test. So see what's going to happen if that happens. If your IT is saying you're covered for ransomware, you're covered for backups, you're covered in the email, you have multi-factor on try it. You know what I mean? Get a third-party company to come in and do a penetration test. So we offer that to all of our new clients and any clients that are looking for that so we can get a ground level of what their security is so we can know what they've been told is right, right? Because you can be told so many different things and IT's trust and proving it, right? So we like to make sure that even when we're running the third-party scans, it's done by a third-party company. So Joe Apps isn't providing you that solution. It's being vetted by someone else. So we know the solutions we provide are always going to be 100% where they need to be and you can do that for your IT too by providing those penetration testings making sure all your boxes are checked and you have that third-party company verifying what we found with a bunch of uh, businesses who have internal IT cybersecurity has just grown so quickly so they've been able to focus on a lot of it but that part's being left out and that's where there's great partner companies that can provide that security to your internal IT as well right amazing now if a company um, does decide to outsource their cybersecurity, what can they kind of expect from that working relationship, um, you know, as it goes forward, maybe like at the beginning and then month to month or even year to year? So we always say when you begin on a relationship with cybersecurity technology, it's a big bit up front, right? They're learning your organization. They're learning your business processes. They're learning your system. So the first 90 days, we always say you're very back and forth, right? We're going to do a lot of talking. We're going to do a lot of back and forth. We're going to make sure your systems are where they are. Then you're going to see a maintenance trend, right? So really maintaining those systems, making sure that they're okay, making sure they're operating. The updates are done. You've done all your checks and balances that are in your contract with your IT, and they're taking care of all the outsourced stuff they're going to do. Finally, what should always be done is either a quarterly, semi-annually, or annual review of all your IT systems. This is just good for both parties. You can make sure nothing was changed. You know, no one's brought in a rogue laptop or any of that fun stuff that might have gone on over the years. No one's gone and bought their own stuff. The systems that have implemented are still being used, and all the users are happy with it. And they're able to grow in those systems, right? Because Microsoft releases new programs every single day. It's amazing what we go in and tell clients that they just haven't found yet, which is saving them thousands thousands of dollars from, you know, maybe a simple booking link it is, and now they don't have to go back and forth to book an appointment, to Microsoft Forms, to just fill out a quick form, to all of these really cool applications. So what you should expect from an outsourced IT is a partner, a partner in your business that's going to help you take to the next level. What we say is we focus on your, your technology so you can focus on your business. Let's take a quick break to hear from today's sponsors. 
Hey there, Oakville Chamber members. Let me share something that's incredibly vital for our community. Oakville News. Did you know that Oakville News have a whopping 80,000 regular readers right here in our town? That's 80,000 informed, engaged citizens who trust Oakville News to keep them in the loop. In an age of noise and misinformation, having a reliable source right at our fingertips is priceless. And here's a fantastic offer for you, especially if you're a member of the Oakville Chamber of Commerce. When you commit to a year-long subscription, you'll get two whole months of Oakville News for free. That's right, folks. Supporting your local news is a win-win. And for a limited time, they've got an even more incredible deal. Three years of unlimited access to Oakville News for just $100. That's less than the cost of a family dinner, but the value you'll get is immeasurable. Subscribe today to Oakville News and be the changemaker our town needs. Oakville News. You need to read this. Subscribe now by going to oakvillenews.org. Amazing. Now, because cybersecurity can be so intimidating for like a small business, even a medium-sized business or someone that just really hasn't dabbled much in it, is there anything small that business owners can do to enhance their cybersecurity like right now, just on their own? Yeah, and this is what we always say because at the end of the day, cybersecurity is something you do, right? So updating your systems, that annoying notification you get on your device every night and go cancel or skip, right? Make sure you're doing that. Updates are the single most important free, easy thing any business can do to make sure that they're protected. Keep those systems updated. A backup. Backup's a surefire way to restore yourself from assist from a system failure, a device failure, a ransomware failure, you know, if they haven't got too far in the backup, but that becomes a whole other thing. That's a big one as well. Antivirus protection's a no-brainer nowadays. There's great programs like Sentinel One, Palo Alto Networks, and um, Silence. Those three are the best ones on the market that we're seeing right now because they incorporate AI. And then another thing that is just so simple that users can do, which we're always kind of fighting with people, password management. Use different passwords for everything. Your I'm dog's name, <laughs> your cat's name, your animals, your mom, dad's, etc., are not secure passwords, right? Especially since you're posting with them on your Instagram, Facebook, threads, whatever social network we're using nowadays, you're really just giving away these answers, right? Or especially if you like to fill out the forms to find out what kind of animal you are, you're usually <laughs> filling in items that are going to give that information away and give your passwords out to people. That is why they're that. asking that. It's a good one that most people don't think about because they're like well what color would you like your favorite animal and you're usually going to pick a color you would like or what kind of you know right. where would your animal live or what street would it live on if it was a kid right, right. And you're going to enter all that kind of stuff where you know the password system's doing what it's supposed to it's got the secondary question popped up only you know that but you've now shared that with all your facebook friends right. and how far are your facebook friends have you done any privacy settings or adjusted anything out of the box with these social networks because they're just open out of the box so that's what we can find that people can do themselves secure your socials use strong passwords make sure your systems are updated provide a backup and then layer it with an antivirus those are five easy free things just as a user you can go do now they do take time as the fun one especially the password stuff i think it's all people mostly have about 200 online accounts now is kind of the wow. average that they're saying. So to organize those 200 accounts, I totally get it's insane. So what we recommend is password managers. There's really great ones out there. LastPass, OnePassword, MyGlue, a whole bunch of stuff like that. That's a good one. Or a password system. So using like, um, you know, some characters, some letters, and then they switch it out with their social network. So FB in the middle for Facebook, TW for Twitter, IG for Instagram, and then you can kind of 
to go through that system so that if your password's hacked, you don't have to worry about that. The final thing I would recommend, and this is a new one because we've been seeing a lot of breaches with insurance companies, health companies, all of this stuff, is identity monitoring as well. Making sure that no one's used your identity to sign up on the other side of the world with a bank account, open another credit card that you're now responsible for, responsible fighting for, or open a house or mortgage of any of that stuff. We've seen tons of breaches that have given away a lot of personal identifiable information. So it's always good if you've been in any of those breaches to run an identity scan program as well. Yes, unfortunately, that is going to cost you money a month, but it's better than that than someone having your whole identity, your life, or making all of these accounts with it. Right. Now, we've touched on this a little bit, um, but what are some of the biggest mistakes, if not the biggest mistake, I could make when trying to handle my cybersecurity? Trying to handle your cybersecurity, I would say, is to take everything in-house and doing it yourself, right? You really want a third party to verify it. We've seen the biggest attacks come from people using internal IT, um, using using companies that they haven't verified, haven't checked, you know what I mean? So you want a company with a good reputation that's doing the work because that's when you're going to have that big safety. The biggest thing that you can do is kind of say, oh, I have all my boxes checked because what you know, what you don't know, you don't know, right? right. It's, that's why it's great having third party companies just checking your security you have that peace of mind you know then that all the steps you are doing are right perfect now scam emails and calls and text messages are rampant these days i think i probably get like 15 to 20 a day how or what strategies can people use to try to determine if something is a scam or if it's a genuine connection, like some of these look so realistic or take, you know, your teammates names and make it look like the emails from them. How can I determine or what little things can I do to determine if it might be a scam or if it's a genuine connection? So that's the biggest one that, you know, for years we had an answer on and it's starting to twist a little bit now. Why that is, is we'd always say, pick up the phone and call. That was a fail-proof way up until AI and voice recognition became a thing. Because now if you call, chances are they might be putting another number in to say, hey, call this number to verify, not their number, and they're using that voice. Or they might have got a really good hack and hacked into the phone systems because everyone has their phone systems online too, are now impersonating them as well. So we like to say two things. Do a double verification. Call that person at the number that you know is legitimate and then call someone else from that organization to do a double check, right? So for instance, in a home situation, right, you get a call on your phone, you hear grandma's voice, she's in the hospital, something's going on. Well, call maybe mom, brother, sister, whatever that might right. be, cousin, right? Just do a double verification for two family members that are in different places or, you know, that might be business or stuff like that so that you know. Unfortunately, calling and talking to the person as much as we don't like to anymore is the easiest way to verify and the safest way. Other than that, a few things you can do if an email comes in, always check the links in the email. Do not click them, please. Do not <laughs> click the links in the email, but hover over them, right? If there's a spelling mistake in the email, that's a very obvious one. If it doesn't look like their email or they're sending from a new domain, that's another obvious one. People are starting to drop letters. That's a big one as well. And just being vigilant. And then if there's any links in the email, hovering over them to see where it goes, right? If it says to facebook.com, well, probably a good link. If it says to 10.9.2.3 and then a website after that, right. probably not where you want to go. So it's being vigilant and looking on those links. And then a thing that you can always do is add extra phishing protection. I think that's the biggest service that we see people taking right now is because the phishing protection is always going to be looking. Unfortunately, as a human, 
human, we got to be right 100% of the time. The bad guy's got to be right once. So even if we click once, that phishing protection just gives us that extra layer of peace of mind that we can go through our emails, get our job done, and not have to worry about losing everything or the keys to the castle, right? Depending on your role in the company. Exactly. Now, um, what are some of the most common, if not the most common, cyber attacks against maybe small to medium-sized businesses? It's going to come back to that phishing, the phishing and the social engineering. So really playing on people's emotions, really playing with that sense of urgency. What they're doing is like, logging into the email six months prior now, learning about the organization. So, oh, the CEO is going to go on vacation this week, right? Oh, they're going to be in a far out country, let's say Africa on a safari trip. Well, I know that they're not going to be able to answer their emails in that time. So that's when I'm going to execute my attack because I'm going to ask for $10,000 urgently. They know I'm in Africa. I'm stuck in Africa, no cell phone. So this is going to sense that, you know, that play to really do quickly, right? So the biggest thing is employees clicking phishing links or just not having that training. So a big uh, thing that we're seeing cyber insurance is now actually asked to start to carry is employee training. So employees are trained on this. They have the knowledge and they're more vigilant in this service so that they can avoid the phishing. I think phishing accounted for almost 91% of attacks last year, something very, very high like that. It might be 85, might be a little off on the numbers there, but it was a very high attack on small business. And then out of that 85% of attacks that they saw, over 50% were successful. That's the real scary numbers, how successful they've been. Some have been very light attacks because they've just gotten, you know, maybe an associate's email to go through the box and there's not much permissions that they have, but some Sometimes they've gotten the CEOs and he has the keys to the whole castle, right? So it's really separating your accounts based on an as-needed permission level, right? As the CEO, you don't need to see the admin stuff every day. You just need to see your email and stuff. Have a separate account for the admin that you can go in and not be limiting those passwords, right? Because any password you put online or any password you enter, if they take that, you're in real trouble in that situation. Right. Wow, that's crazy that they can get in there and just watch you for six months and then plan the perfect attack. Yeah, that's the problem now. It's not someone just logging in from their basement to try and get in quickly, try and, you know, do quick damage, make a hundred bucks. It's these organizations, these big buildings that, you know, from insurance payouts for ransomware and stuff have built these crazy corporations who now have project development teams, project management teams, associates, all this kind of really planned execution style to get that next level, right? Because it really makes it, because everyone, how's it me? How did I get hit? You know what I mean? But it's because they're taking all this extra education, learning about the organization, and they're making it almost impossible that you couldn't get hit. You know what I mean? So it's just being wary where your accounts are logging in, tracking what's called, because software as a service is huge. That's Microsoft 365 is, Canvas, QuickBooks Online. Those are all software as a service. Really tracking where those are getting logged into, maybe dedicating a location or IP address where they could get in, really kind of locking down your environment. And the biggest thing that we see to help against all this stuff is zero trust. So providing a zero trust environment. So you can only do what your job is. If you need anything outside of that, you work with IT to get those permissions and stuff. Yes, it sounds incredibly frustrating. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) I can totally see that, but it's the safest possible way, right? You only get the trust that you need. You do what you need. You get that done. Any more permissions, you work with IT. They allow the proper protocols through, and then you move on to that next level. Then you're set up for your next role, your next project, or what that might be. So we're finding people working closer with IT than ever to really fight against these problems. Okay. Now, on the topic of, you know, what people are doing now with IT and what you're kind of seeing, 
What do you think is next in cybersecurity? Are there any trends that you're seeing that maybe we haven't talked about yet or new advancements in cybersecurity that are interesting? I think we've touched on a bit, but it's going to be that AI portion. I think that scares all of us as cybersecurity experts. The fact that they can give your voice, they can mimic a lot of the stuff that you're doing. They can learn your mannerisms. A lot of people played with ChatGPT now. It's crazy how fast that can submit data back or work with you to kind of make these schemes and schemas, right? So AI is definitely one of the biggest threats that we see in cybersecurity. We see it as A, a fix to get a lot of the little stuff that slips through the gaps that humans just can't get to all the time. But we also see it as a fear in what can it do? How is it going to work with the AI to manipulate? How is it going to work with humans to manipulate, right? What can it do with voices, facial recognition, all of that stuff? So as AI advances more, there's always going to be a fix to it. You know what I mean? But what is the fix yet? And I think that's the kind of thing that scares everyone is how do we get to that next level where we can trust again or do those factors or know that the person on the phone is actually the person we wanted to. So I think with the advancement of that's going to come a lot of, you know, trust-based infrastructure. So the web 3.0 that we've seen with, you know, the Bitcoin and stuff that fell, but it's actual properties of, you know, making trust on the internet. So if you gave me something, I know it's coming from you, you know, it's coming from me right now. We're just hoping, you know what I mean? So I think we'll see a lot of advancements to help with the stuff like that. But in the short term, AI is the thing that scares me the most and what it can do to not only, you know, be its own attack, right? You can put the AI in the business and it can learn about the business, give you all the data. You don't even need people there now. But the voice things what scares me the most because that's how we were telling everyone to verify. And now you're stuck with, hey, maybe it's not that person, right? right? So yeah, I think AI is definitely the big one that we're seeing. I think phishing will kind of die off in the form of AI and that will take the big the big uh, cake. And I think it's just people learning, you know, about AI more and just being educated, right? Right. I think the people who have pushed off technology for so long are definitely going to have a wake-up call and just, you know, figuring out clouds, figuring out AI, coming into this new dawn on how they can protect themselves and their businesses as well. Right. Well, Thank you so much. This episode has been so eye-opening. I've learned so much myself already, so I know that our listeners will have so much to take away from this episode. Um, if they want to learn any more about yourself or your business, where can they go online to learn more about it or connect with you? Of course, they can go to joops.ca. We do blogs every month. We put out four blogs a month, a newsletter as well. And then what we also have just added is a news and media section because we've done segments on CHCH and in a lot of papers so that you can go and find kind of us talking in real time about this information. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to be here and sharing these amazing tips with us and our listeners. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for tuning in to the Members of the Chamber podcast by the Oakville Chamber of Commerce. Connect with hundreds of Oakville businesses and learn more about what we do at oakvillechamber.com.